In America, we rely on the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, to provide us with accurate information regarding public health and safety. Recently, though, it has come out that both the CDC and the FDA have been trying really hard to suppress data and accurate information on COVID-19. And that might make you wonder, why? Why would they not want us to know the truth about the virus that caused this pandemic? The information is still just being released, but I want to go over a few articles that talk about the suppression of information and how it's getting released, because they didn't just have a change of heart and decide to release it. When it comes to the FDA, a judge had to order them to release the data, and they were trying to play games. They were like, oh, we're releasing it. We can only release like 500 pages at a time and it's going to probably take decades to release everything. Around 75 years to release all of the data. And the judge was not having that. The judge was like, no, you will release all of the data now. Okay, so I'll start with that one. This is from a Reuters article that was published January 7th, 2022, titled Paramount Importance. Judge orders FDA to hasten release of Pfizer vaccine docs. And this is by Jenna Green. Score one for transparency. A federal judge in Texas on Thursday ordered the Food and Drug Administration to make public the data it relied on to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine, imposing a dramatically accelerated schedule that should result in the release of all information within about eight months. That's roughly 75 years and four months faster than the FDA said it could take to complete a Freedom of Information Act request by a group of doctors and scientists seeking an estimated 450,000 pages of material about the vaccine. The court concludes that this FOIA request is of paramount public importance, wrote U.S. District Judge Mark Pittman in Fort Worth, who was appointed to the bench by former President Donald Trump in 2019. The FDA didn't dispute that it had an obligation to make the information public, but argued that it should short-staffed FOIA office only had the bandwidth to review and release 500 pages a month. While Judge Pittman recognized the unduly burdensome challenges that this FOIA request may present to the FDA, in his four-page order, he resoundingly rejected the agency's suggested schedule. Rather than producing 500 pages a month, the FDA's proposed timeline, he ordered the agency to turn over 55,000 pages per month. That means all the Pfizer vaccine data should be public by the end of the summer rather than, say, the year 2097. Even if the FDA may not see it this way, I think Pittman did the agency and the country a big favor by expediting the document production. I've been chronicling this fight since November and have heard from readers who said they felt something was suspicious, even nefarious, in the FDA's proposed slow-mo timeline. Making the information public as soon as possible may help assuage the concerns of vaccine skeptics and convince them the product is safe. Pittman, in his order, nodded to this as well, including a quote from the late Senator John McCain, who said that excessive administrative secrecy feeds conspiracy theories and reduces the public's confidence in government. Still, the FDA is likely to be hard-pressed to process 55,000 pages a month. The office that reviews FOIA
lawyer request has just 10 employees, according to a declaration filed with the court by Suzanne Burke, who heads the FDA's Division of Disclosure and Oversight Management. Burke said it takes eight minutes a page for a worker to perform a careful line-by-line, word-by-word review of all responsive records before producing them in response to a FOIA request. At that rate, the 10 employees would have to work non-stop 24 hours a day, seven days a week to produce the 55,000 pages a month and would still fall a bit short. But as lawyers for the plaintiffs, public health, and medical professionals for transparency pointed out in court papers, the FDA as of 2020 had 18,062 employees. Surely, some can be dispatched to pitch in at the FOIA office. Aaron Siri of Siri and Gilmstead, who represents the plaintiffs, in an email said the decision came down on the side of transparency and accountability. His clients, a group that includes more than 200 doctors, scientists, professors, and public health professionals, included some who have publicly questioned the efficacy of lockdown policies, mask mandates, and the vaccine itself, and have pledged to publish all the information they receive from the FDA on their website. The Justice Department, which represents the FDA in the litigation, did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Thursday evening. Pfizer, not a party to the suit, also did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Pittman, in his order, made clear that the FOIA request, even if burdensome, has to be a priority for the FDA. Quoting from remarks made during the hearing before him on December 14th, he wrote that there may not be a more important issue at the Food and Drug Administration than the pandemic, the Pfizer vaccine, getting every American vaccinated, and assuring the public that the vaccine was not rushed on behalf of the United States. Okay, so that was the end of the article. It was written by Jenna Green. Jenna Green writes about legal business and culture, taking a broad look at trends in the profession, faces behind the cases, and quirky courtroom dramas. A longtime chronicler of the legal industry and high-profile litigation, she lives in Northern California. Okay, I pretty much read that word for word without interruption because I think it's really important, but now I want to give my opinion. So they're trying to say, If we release all of this data, it's going to boost confidence in the efficacy and safety of the vaccine. And I think if the data was actually going to do that, there would not have been hesitation in releasing it. So my guess is that at least some of the data is going to prove that the vaccine is not as effective and not as safe as they have been trying to make it seem. That is obviously just my suspicion at this point, and I do have a little bit of data to back it up because some of these documents have already been released, and there is evidence of some concerning stuff when it comes to the vaccine. Stuff that is making people question why did they roll it out if they had this information and they knew about the potential dangerous side effects. And not just that it was potential, but that it actually did affect a significant percentage of people. I said all that to say that I have my suspicions about the release of this information proving the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. Okay, that Reuters article was about the FDA trying to withhold 
data. This next article I want to read is from the Washington Examiner, but the information actually originally came from the New York Times. I don't have a New York Times subscription, so I could not read their full article. This article is about the CDC, and apparently the CDC was doing a lot of the same stuff that the FDA was doing, but in defense of the CDC, I found out that they have to approve anything that they want to release or publish with the Department of Health and Human Services, which is a government agency, and the Department of Health and Human Services has to approve it with the White House. So they literally need to wait for two steps of approval before they can release any information. But let's get into it and see what this says. Like I said, this was from the Washington Examiner, and it was published February 22nd, 2022. It's titled, CDC Withholds Large Amounts of Key COVID-19 Data, and this is by Cassidy Morrison, who is a healthcare reporter. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has withheld valuable data on hospitalizations due to COVID-19 in the United States broken down by age, race, and vaccination status, a failure that critics say worsened the pandemic response. The agency possesses but has not published critical information on hospitalizations, booster vaccines, and wastewater analyses, several people familiar with the data told New York Times. Most notably, the agency withheld granular information about hospitalizations broken down by age, race, and vaccination because it feared that the public would misinterpret the data. That's what an official told the publication. It also did not make public information about the effectiveness of booster shots for adults under age 65. Without the safety and efficacy data of boosters in that age group, federal vaccine experts relied on data out of Israel. There's no reason that the Israeli scientists should be better at collecting and putting forth data than we are. The CDC is the principal epidemiological agency in this country, and so you would like to think the data came from them. The agency has also fallen under scrutiny over the past year due to its failure to publish data on cases of reinfection when a person is fully vaccinated but still gets infected unless the person is hospitalized or dies. So basically they're trying to say if somebody is fully vaccinated and they still get infected, they're not recording that unless the person is hospitalized or dies. So that's kind of skewing the data as well because we want to know how many people who are vaccinated are still getting infected. That's important information, but for whatever reason, they have failed to publish that data. I think the reason they failed to publish the data is because they didn't want to increase vaccine hesitancy. They knew that if they published data showing that people were still getting infected despite being vaccinated, then it would make people feel like, what's the point of getting vaccinated? Agency spokeswoman Kristen Nordland, who spoke with the New York Times, said the CDC has been slow to put out the streams of data because basically, at the end of the day, it's not yet ready for prime time and the public could misconstrue it. Nordland added that the agency's data on COVID-19 vaccines represents only 10% of the population of the U.S., the same amount that represents the annual flu vaccine uptake. Healthcare providers were outraged to hear that the data on COVID-19 shots were not made public. We have been begging for that sort of granularity of data for two years. The CDC has also recently launched a dashboard for publicly tracking data on the wastewater surveillance system, which was heralded as a valuable tool to detect the amount of virus circulating in the community. Some 
states and municipalities have already been supplying the CDC with their wastewater surveillance data, but it was not made available to the public until very recently. The CDC also has a bureaucratic network that must sign off on all decisions regarding COVID-19 data to be made public. CDC officials must alert the Department of Health and Human Services, which is the agent's parent entity, which must also alert the White House. The CDC is a political organization as much as it is a public health organization. The steps that it takes to get something like this released are often well outside of the control of many of the scientists that work at the CDC. I think it's important to really make note of that last part. Basically, even if the scientists wanted to be 100% forthcoming, they are not allowed to. So there you have it. As Americans, information is being withheld from us by our government, and you have to wonder why. If the data, if the cold hard facts backed up everything that they've been trying to say about the vaccine, about how helpful and effective it is, I think they would publish that data. Not only would they publish it, they would like, you know, brag about it. It would be broadcast everywhere. Everyone would know that the vaccine was a major success and it it did all of these good things and had so few side effects and it was just so safe and effective. But because they have not published the data, it leads me to believe that the data shows something other than that. And that is super concerning. If they wanted us to have more trust, it would have been better for them to publish the data regardless of what it said. Because then we would at least know, okay, maybe they got it wrong this time, but they're being honest with us and they're going to keep working on it. And we can trust that they're going to give us all of the information so we can make informed decisions. But if they're going to keep information from us, then it's only going to cause the skeptics to be more skeptical and the people who are actually paying attention and know what's going on are going to continue to sue them. There's going to be more freedom of information requests, more lawsuits, and more demands for transparency because this is not just some random research that they're doing for their own shits and giggles. This is actually our health and safety that's at stake. It is of the utmost importance. So that's why I'm sharing this information with you because I'd like everybody to be more discerning when we are listening to things that are put out by government agencies and reported on by mainstream media. We have to know when we are being misled, when information is being withheld, and when we are just being flat out lied to. It's kind of like in the beginning when our government was telling us that masks weren't necessary, remember? And then they said, oh yeah, we just said that because we didn't want you guys using up all of the masks. We wanted them to be available for healthcare workers. Okay, how about tell the truth? Because now we have people thinking that masks don't work, when the reality is that if you wear the right kind of mask, it actually will help. It will help to slow the spread of any kind of communicable disease, illness, or whatever, whether it's the common cold, flu, COVID, anything that can be transmitted through the air with droplets that come from one person's respiratory tract and go into another can obviously be slowed down by the use of a proper mask. But the waters got entirely muddied when our government told us that 
that masks didn't work. And then they said, oh yeah, masks do work. Just wear whatever. You can wear a cloth mask. Well, cloth masks aren't the same as surgical masks. Surgical masks aren't as good as N95 masks. You have to understand what you're working with so that you can make informed decisions. But if we're being lied to, how are we going to make an informed decision? So that's my reason for sharing this information with you. I hope I said everything in a way that was easy to understand. If you have any questions, please leave me a message. I am happy to do further research. I'm happy to try and help you find answers because, like I said, this is of the utmost importance. Thank you so much for listening.